What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Colorful Combos with Nico, episode 32. I am super, super stoked for this episode. It was so much fun recording it today. We have author Natalie Jolim Becker. I met her in college. Uh, we've always just connected and stuff, and finally being able to sit down and talk to her about her books, uh, specifically The Self-Love Club, uh, and all her other books that you can find on Amazon, Making Homes Out of Humans, The Human Project, and The Self-Love Club. Uh, all really great. They dive deep into her head, and she writes her experiences out and relates to so many of us that are going through a tough time, especially right now during quarantine. It's a great read, and I highly recommend it. You can find all those links in the description of the podcast, as well as all her social medias. Natalie, thank you so much for joining. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope all of you enjoy this episode 32, Colorful Convos with Nico, with Natalie Jolyn Becker. So you're at home now, right? Yes. You're at home. So <laughs> home being like east side of Michigan, like low key sucks. <laughs> like I love my parents. I love everything about them. I love living with my dog, but damn, do I miss having my own space. Oh yeah. Like just like I'm in the basement. And so I kind of got this like little like, window door thing that like blocks me off from like the door but yeah. it's nothing like I want it to be right like I, w I want my own space I want to be able to do whatever the hell I want whenever right I don't want to have to be out at a bar my mom's like yo I'm waiting up for you when you coming <laughs> home like it's like mom, mom we're past that we're past that right we're go past to bed. that I've blacked out at a frat party. Don't worry, mom. I'm okay. Right. Like I'm over this. <laughs> like you didn't care where I was the four and a half years I was in college. And now you care. Right. No, I, I'm in your damn basement. I totally feel that. Cause when I went home for COVID in March for school, like same thing. It was like, it was like, all right, you got to be home by this time. You got to do this, this. And I'm like, ma no like <laughs> not it like that's just not how this it's gone this time i came around. from Sorry. a whole different part of life ma like uh do you miss college do you think about it a lot so i miss grand rapids more mm -hmm. than anything like me and my roommate maddie at the time like literally had lived with each other for like five years almost i kind of lived with her partially freshman year because my roommate but um you know I mean it's just it's sad it's sad that all of my friends have like gone different ways and mm -hmm. like like one of my best friends lives in Indiana right now like mm. Maddie lives with her sister and she can't really do anything because she nanny so uh -huh. it's like COVID's crazy it's like a whole crazy. new it's a whole new like thing we had to get used to so fast, like so quickly. Like I, there was yeah. no, there's no warning, no, and it was not like, 
it was like all of a sudden like, oh, bye, there goes the life that you like lived every single day, which I respect. And I like respect this time. And I like it because like, I've had so much more time to like, be creative to like, do things for myself, like, actually eat like proper (laughs) foods that I should be eating yes like so much but like and I hear we're about to get a second wind yeah yeah it's it's about to I feel I feel like we were kind of in the the up we're kind of just going up on a roller coaster right and And then now it's like yeah we're getting closer and closer to the top and then hopefully we can start going down but it's it's been it's been very different uh did you grow up in michigan your whole life where are you from originally so yeah so i'm literally i've lived in this house in white lake michigan my entire life (laughs) um i have like dreamed of moving out of state um me and my boyfriend right now are looking at charlotte north carolina great place so exciting yes i know we visited in the summer and I like cannot imagine a better place to like start a life again and like pick up and what have you. I feel like now I'm just like stuck in this little bubble of like where I was for like went to high school. I see people that I went to high school with and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm not ready to be back in this bubble with like, all these people and that you grew up with yeah right not that I don't love them for like who they are but like I'm not trying to get back invested in all you people like yeah I don't know yeah it's 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 like a culture shock like going away yeah back from college like you're a whole new person whole new person like I see people from high school sometimes or I did when I still lived in Michigan and I was just like oh like we are not we're not the same, like the stuff that we're we laughed same about people. Yeah. Like the stuff we talked about and laughed about in high school, it's different now. Like yeah. and some people, some people get really stuck in that like high school mentality. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, oh my gosh. I, I know exactly where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah. Yeah. My grade. Yeah. And I'm just so like gone and over that. And I'm just so looking forward uh, to like bigger and better things that it's like, whatever you know and yeah were you you were in a sorority right yes i was in sigma kappa sigma kappa sks represent love them our first sk on colorful convos with nico with natalie becker yes um love it did you love your time in a sorority would you trade it away did you not enjoy it tell me about your experience i Definitely wouldn't trade it away. My first two years in Sigma Kappa were like the best two years I could have ever asked for. Um, not to say that like Sigma Kappa itself went downhill, but like Greek life I felt, and I don't yeah. know how it's doing now. I yeah. really don't, but yeah. Greek life just kind of shut down and it wasn't, it was like the rules that they were adding on that mm-hmm. GD was like putting everyone on probation, mm-hmm. like for like little things that like not everyone was a part of. So it was, it just took away from the experience that I was having. And then that last year I was literally, we were on, I think that's when we were all on probation. Yeah. 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 So it was like my last year and I'm like, well, so it just like, wasn't the same, but I think the 
seniors that we had when we were freshmen were mm-hmm. like top shit like yeah. the coolest people we could have ever known mm-hmm. and they were like the people that i like really looked up to so once they left i was like mm. yeah yeah like, but yeah no I totally right what's that. this but no i absolutely love sigma kappa everyone in it i've met like the coolest people some of those people will like be in my bridal party someday, mm-hmm. like everlasting, long lasting friends. Yes. But there's just some, like, I don't know. There's something about it that like, I still like engage. I still follow it. Right. I still like post on one of the pages and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm just glad that in this time I am not in a sorority because Dude, yeah. damn. I could not imagine. Like, I mean, I was in a frat for a year. I was in ATO and mm-hmm. like i could not imagine like recruitment even like forget fraternity recruitment cuz that's that's so, so different yeah over zoom yeah yeah what? like i couldn't imagine like you right now trying to recruit somebody that you've never met in person to over come a <laughs> over a zoom call to come and join the sorority or fraternity whatever it may be and it's just such a weird time to be in college and me and my buddies were talking about it the other day like we graduated at the perfect perfect time yeah literally the perfect time the the last year that college is gonna be how we went to college like college from here on out 2020 semester and on will be completely different from anything that me and you ever went to school for Ever. And I literally graduated December 2019. Right. So, like, I was right there. And then the next graduation was, like, messed up. Yeah. And everything was downhill. I still haven't walked. I never walked for graduation. Yeah. like That's sad. Yeah. It is. You don't really care. You're like, "Eh." It's more more (laughs) so sad for my mother. Like, my mother, like... So a little background for you and for people who don't yeah. know. So both my parents yeah. uh, are from Argentina. They're okay. immigrants cool. to the country. Super cool. Yeah. And I'm a first generation American here. So I had that. My mom's always had the vision and goal, like her firstborn, right. her American son. She came here for this reason, was going to yeah. graduate college, like name in the rafter, you know, like the big yeah, deal. Yeah, definitely. So, like, for her to like not be able to go with that or go through that like hurt me because like I know how much it meant to her but like at the end of the day I did my work I busted my ass and like I graduated you got that diploma yeah so yeah and like one day maybe we'll reenact a a walk a walking or something I know the school's trying to like (laughs) I know the school's trying to like say all right people who graduated in like april you guys can walk like in december and i'm just like i live in utah now so i'm like i'm not trying to come back like that's just a lot so we got through it and are you really gonna try to walk with like juniors that are graduating right like Like, my uh, friends aren't even gonna be there like so what does it matter right yeah but the reason why you're on here is because you are a very talented writer I, uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been reading, uh, the self love club, one of three of your books that you have out. Uh, and I just love kind of your, your words and like your emotion. You can like literally feel in like this book, at least I haven't <laughs> read the other two, just how like you can almost from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, you can kind of feel like, a 
like a change in emotion. I feel like at the beginning of the book, it was very like sad and like, like heartbreak and like, I'm going to get through this. Like, it's going to be okay. And then at the end of the book, it was like, I'm here. Like I made it. Like I love myself. Like, I don't need whoever you were talking about, like (laughs) whoever that person you were talking about. I'm like, fuck that person. Like you (laughs) made it. So like, I really just like, I want to start off with just kind of like, how old were you when you started writing? And then like, what is your like process? Are you like constantly just writing notes down in your phone? Are you writing in a journal? And then like, just how does it get to being a book? A book. Okay. Yeah. So So first of all, I started writing when I was honestly like an angsty Tumblr teen who like loved and related to like every quote I saw. Like, it's so embarrassing. I keep it on my Facebook because it's funny Mm -hmm. and I'll look back at it and I'll get a good laugh at it. But like, eighth grade me would post these like photos of me that I would edit them (laughs) and I'd put in the caption like, you know, some. He, he loves you, but he just doesn't, he just doesn't want to show it or like something like bold. <laughs> Some Hannah like Montana lyrics. Crazy, yes. Crazy, immature, like thing that I would write as mm-hmm. like an eighth grader feeling love. Yeah. And so I think I kind of loved the idea of writing in itself. And my mom was an author or is an author. Mm-hmm. Um, of a children's book. And so I always say that I got that like writing gene from her. But I think for me, it was a lot of, I mean, I literally am up at all hours of the night because that is the only time that I can like write and like I can think clearly. Mm -hmm. And so like, it'll be like, I'll be in the shower and I'll be like, oh my God, like I should be writing this down. Like I should be writing this down in my notes Mm -hmm. or like I'll be driving and I'm like talking to my phone, like, (laughs) okay, this is good. This is good. But I feel like it's always like I write the best in moments of either weakness or like pain Mm. or extreme happiness. Like it's never one or the other. It's never like in the in between or on the way like it's literally like that is when I'm growing the most Mm -hmm. which I see when I like write the most because for me writing has like helped me like become the person I am today and like Mm -hmm. become like learn more about myself Mm -hmm. and so through writing I've noticed that like I've learned crazy things about myself that I never knew before just through writing and like, like how I became so confident, how I became, because I remember the one day, I think I was like a sophomore in college that I posted like one of my writings on, I think it was like Twitter Mm -hmm. and I got like a hundred comments and I was like, what? Like people like me? Like, this is crazy. (laughs) Right. Right. And it was like nuts. And so I think I started the process and like my first book, even angstier than the beginning of Mm -hmm. this one. But like that one was like major heartbreak, major like, and when I say trauma, like I grew up in like a loving home, Mm -hmm. loving family. Like my parents been married 29 years. Like they have always treated me with like utmost respect. 
so much love, but for me, I just like felt like sad, like yeah. all the time yeah. as a, just as a teen and like, and then I had dealt with some sexual trauma that kind of gets talked about here and there and uh-huh. like all of my books um, that really like I use writing to like heal for yes. me. Yes. So it wasn't only like a healing process for me, but it was also if I could help one other person with this, like I'm in, I'm all in. Like right. if I can like impact at least one person, like I'll be happy at the end of the day. So yeah. I think like writing for me, it was like my first one was like pretty sad. Yeah. Just like a bad relationship. I mean, you kind of see it a little bit in the my second one, a bad relationship. And then like, just like that trauma that I dealt with. And then I felt like my second one was kind of like my redemption. Like, okay, I'm not just a sad person. I'm happy. Like self-love, I get through things. And then my third one was just about how a lot of different people have affected my life. So like the human project, I've always stuck with the word human. Uh huh. Um, making homes out of humans, self love club, not human, but um, very human emotion. Yes. And then the human project, which kind of went into like different stories and how different people affected my life. So I think my, the self love club, which beautiful illustration, shout out to my father on the front. It's gorgeous. Yeah. He, I want to get a tattoo of it someday if my parents don't kill me. <laughs> but um, I, I just say to him, like, Dad, you drew it. Sorry. Like, I hate to break it to you. Yeah. No, absolutely. Do you – now, wh- at what point when you're – when you have all these excerpts and all these uh, quotations from you, Yeah. at what point do you say, okay, like, this is a book. Like, this is where I can I can publish this. Like, when – I know like having a mother who is an author obviously helps because you, you have a shoe in and how the publishing process, the distribution process goes like you, you learn all those things growing up, but at what point were you like, you know what? Like I want to be an author. I want to publish this rather than just having a bunch of random like thoughts and notes saved. Yeah. So I, again, think it was my sophomore year that I had a friend of mine Shout out, Matt. Shout out, Nat Masterton, because she kind of was doing the same thing, and she was had similar poetry like mine. She's like, "I'm gonna self-publish my book through Amazon," and I'm like, "Whoa! Like yeah. you can do that!" Like right. I had always written and like had several like documents on my computer, but they were never all together. Mm -hmm. So that was a project in itself, Mm -hmm. finding all of my writings and putting them together. But Amazon actually, I always tell people is the best way to go if you're trying to like publish a book Mm -hmm. and like don't want to go through the hassle of hiring someone or having someone accept your book. And so that was kind of for me, best case scenario because I said to myself, I'm not going to have to go in to have someone publish it and change everything that I wrote. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to avoid that, I self-published, which has its like cons too, because 
for some reason in the beginning of my writing process for my first and second book, I didn't feel it was necessary for someone to edit it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's mistakes and there's, I mean, you can, like, you can see it. I saw the other, I was reading it the other day and like, it says, it's supposed to say will and it says wick. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, how could I miss this? <laughs> but nonetheless, I, yeah. it's just the little, little things, things, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of one day, like once she kind of brought it up in my head, like, oh, I can actually publish this. So I put it all together. But I think knowing when it's a book and when it's completed is so difficult Mm -hmm. because I feel like I can always add more. And I continually wanting to add more and add more. And for me, it's almost like I have to have some sort of life change Mm -hmm. in the midst of the book to say, okay, I think I'm done with it. Yeah, like like it's over with. Like it's over with. Uh, My life is changing. Those emotions are gone. Yeah. Yeah. So I I feel like a lot of people with with being like a creative person in any art, like music. I mean, I know for me in music, like when I'll make a mix or I'll make a song or something of that nature, I'll listen to it thousands and thousands of times and i'll be like wow this is great i'm gonna put it out and then i'll release it and then the moment i release it i'm like god damn, damn i should i oh should have added I something what am damn. i thinking yeah like oh right. my gosh like how could i miss that how could i forget that but i i talk i talked to my buddy alex a couple of podcasts ago about like you need to release things and put things out to be able to like compare and like be able to like grow from them because if you never yes. release anything, then it's just a bunch of ideas and that's just yes, in your head or, on, or hidden. I feel like you need to put things out with errors. Like you need to put things out with mess ups. So the next time, you know, you're you can come mess. back down. How exactly. Exactly. So I listen like little, little, <laughs> little word mistakes and stuff like that's going to happen. And eventually when you're a New York's bestseller that people will just fix that for yeah, you. Yeah, We'll see. <laughs> we'll know. see. Hopefully I'll oh, get absolutely. there one day. Oh no. I'm going to be like, dude, I had her on when she third book. <laughs> Come on. Like I had her on eighth before. book later. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. Um, I wanted to read a couple of the, excerpts from self-love club that I really yeah of course super like powerful and stuff and then I kind of want to reiterate them because this book kind of reminded me of a time where like I was going through uh kind of a heartbreak kind of a weird transition in my life with a girl where I was trying so hard for her and she wasn't trying for herself so I was doing like double duty and in this book you, you highlight some of those things. So like the first one uh, was on page 21 uh, and it was, <clears throat> let me get my reading voice out. Uh, <laughs> you see, at first I did regret you being with you, letting you in on some of the best parts of me, giving you the satisfaction of getting me back in the blink of an eye. But now that I'm grown and better, I'm so thankful. You taught me there is nothing wrong with showing a man how crazy about him you are. He was just incapable of receiving it. You taught me my worth that I shouldn't lose a second of sleep crying over something that I never even my fault, that was never even my fault to begin with. But leaving, but leaving you was when I learned how to truly love myself. I know what I deserve now. Like that 
is so hard to admit to yourself, I believe. Like, like that yes. had to take like a lot of guts and emotion to like really let go of whatever situation that was. Yeah. So I felt like I had been in this relationship like on and off for like three or four years with the Mm -hmm. same kid. And like, no one, like it was time and time again, like you go back to your friends like five or six times talking bad or like, Oh, Mm -hmm. they did this. They did that. But like going back to those same people over and over again, they just, it's not like they don't support you anymore, but they just don't want to support the relationship anymore. Right. So I felt like for me, it was like this constant battle in between my feelings and then like portraying like my friends and family and saying like, Hey, can you still like have my back on this? Right. So I think coming to where I was like, okay, like, not this time. Like you deserve so much better. Like I am done. Yeah. And it took me so long to say like, I am done. And I'm not even joking you. I think like after I wrote this book, I even went back again Mm. and like it like took a lot out of me. And then you'll see like later in the book too, like, Mm -hmm. It was just, it, it had to end. Yeah. Like it literally had to end. It was wow. such a bad toxic relationship to be in, especially at the time and like the age I was in. Yeah. Well, like you were going through what you were going through. You were writing it down and documenting. Like, did this person like, like know that you were writing this stuff about them? Yeah, so um because that's I had, just super interesting to me. Like to right. be able to like feel all this powerful emotion and like yeah. disdain and like ready to leap off and then like to seclude yourself and hide those feelings again is like crazy. That's a like yeah, that's an overwhelming amount of stress to put on yourself. Yeah, and honestly, I felt like with my first book that I like, it wasn't like immature, but I had gotten out all of my anger and frustration and Mm -hmm. everything that I needed to get out Mm -hmm. with that like book. And I felt like, Oh, if he ever reads this, sorry, (laughs) like, sorry about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. And to this day, I don't think he has, and I'm not even in contact with him anymore, but Mm -hmm. I don't think he has even opened the book in like scared of what I like. Oh yeah. Dude. It's like a Taylor. This book's like a Taylor Swift song. Like, like it's it's like, good luck. It's literally literally like, like don't read this. Cause then you'll realize how fucked up you were Like, like literally like, sorry, but this is my life. That's so bizarre to me. And like another, another expert excerpt, it was on 60 page 67. It was about saving somebody. Um, it was something you must accept as I had to come to accept as well. You cannot save everyone. I am someone who fights to the end of the earth to keep a promise to be there for someone yet. They won't allow any room for your help. They won't allow any room for you at all. You can, you cannot rescue everyone. So don't lose yourself in trying to do so. And like, did you feel, cause I feel like a lot of people when they get in relationships and the relationships are going down, they feel like 
they're holding both of you up, you know, like you're holding yes. both of them up. And I feel like even when you're trying to do so good for both of you, you are still mentally like abusing yourself with your thoughts yes. and everything. And I just kind of want to know, like, like, what would you say to someone who like is kind of going through that situation where they don't know what to do in a, in a relationship that they're in because they love that person yet they know they're not, they're not themselves or happy with that person. Like, what would you say to that person? So honestly, I would probably say that I spent way too many years of my life with people who weren't fit for me mm -hmm. and who I tried so hard to like fix. That's one thing that I like, I don't, I think it's in my third book mm -hmm. that I say, like, I always try to fix people. That's always been my thing. So like when I get into a relationship where I don't have to like fix somebody, I'm like, you're confused. Wait, like, whoa. Wait, are you, wait, are you good? Like, <laughs> are you, are you sure you sure? don't need help? Like, yeah. Are you sure? Can I, like, can I take care of you somehow? <laughs> yes. But like, which is like good because mm -hmm. I'm in like a stable, healthy relationship now where I don't have to fix people. But right. I feel like at the time, I thought like that was my duty to like, that's what was my purpose to, be here for this person and God is telling me that this is where I need to be even though it was like diminishing me as a person and so I would just definitely tell whoever is feeling that way to just like look out for you in the long run like they always say like you're gonna be there in the long run so like look out for you but no like legit you probably won't be in this diminishing relationship for your whole life. Mm -hmm. And I hope to God you're not because mm -hmm. you're taking away from like some of the best parts of yourself because you're giving it to someone else who can't appreciate it. Yeah. And who can't even, and I think for me at the time and like who this is about, like I wish them the very, very best and like all they're doing now. But like he was, in such a bad place mm -hmm. that I felt like, oh, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna fix I'm gonna it. get I'm gonna you out the, of there. Like, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be yeah. the one person yeah. that gets you out of that place, and that's mm -hmm. gonna be me. And it's not gonna be anyone else. And then mm -hmm. when it wasn't working, I was like, What am I, I doing can wrong? Try harder. Yeah. yeah. What am I doing wrong? I can try harder. Like, I can be better. But it was, it came to a point of, it's not me. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not, not, it's never you. And that's what people say, like, oh, it's not you, it's me. But, like, bro, it's you. Yeah. Like, it is you <laughs> who is, like, not good. Yeah, like, so, sometimes you have to just let people, like, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want this to sound too crude. Yeah, like, you really need to let somebody sink sometimes and let them figure out themselves, like, wow, what I had was amazing. What they were right. doing was the right thing. It's just their mind, their demons, whatever, wasn't letting us or you help and yeah that is so hard for it was super hard for me to accept yeah. uh in the relationship that I was in because it was it's like no like I will be there I will be there but at the end that just makes them push away and push back even more I feel right and exactly so it's just such a bizarre like concept like you want to do everything you can for this person but at the end of the day, like sometimes you just have to let them sink and 
figure out for them to, if they can swim or not, because yeah. it's taking time out of your life and taking time out of your brain and your thoughts. And sometimes you tell them all these things and they're not even listening to you. And, right. that's, and that's sometimes the most frustrating thing is just giving all your knowledge and wisdom to somebody and all your effort and it just not being reciprocated, even 25%. Like I'm, I'm not the person who needs 100% effort every day. Like I don't need, right. that. no one's going to give that every day. We're not, we're human, you know, like we're right. have our bad days, but I can just tell like from, from your writing and my personal experiences and your personal experiences, just sometimes you just got to let them, you got to let them sink and just hope that they can catch themselves. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, you're never going to learn how to swim if you don't sink at one point in your life. Right, right. So I completely agree with you. Failure is good. Like people, I think sometimes people are afraid to fail. And failure is, I think, uh, like, like when you said earlier, like you write sometimes at the moments of your darkest and deepest sadness. And sometimes failure is sadness, you know? So yeah, failure can be positive if you really dig deep into yourself and pull it out and learn from everything that you're doing. And yeah, it's just, I think a lot of people are like afraid to fail. And I think you need to fail first to see that it's okay and, and that you're going to get through it. But the idea of failure is sometimes scarier to people than the art of failure itself, you know? No, I, I could not agree more. But I love it. And another like the last one that I really was like fucking home run. Like I was like, yep, that's the one. That's the thesis. I was, love to hear it. <laughs> it was on page 147, uh, nearing the end of the book. And it was basically just kind of summing up society and culture and like all of that now. Uh, and that was... Um, We lost the art of loving because we stopped being artists of truly seeing people. We are afraid that if they look too closely, they will find us. We are just a generation of humans forgetting how to love, burying ourselves under thick soil beneath the flowers that grow on us like the people who come and go in our lives, leaving a little bit of water, filling us up, helping us stand tall into the big and bright sunflowers we are today. And then I'm just going to skip ahead a little. And it says, Go we, de- for it. we define relationships through social media, approval of likes, and too much poise with not enough rawness. We are afraid of the bare and unfiltered parts of us that are too ugly for anyone to hold tenderly. Like, wow. Like, <laughs> you. F- it got real. It got real, real. But it's true. It's. Yes. It's so true. Like, people are so afraid to to live to live yeah like really afraid to fly and like super afraid to be themselves and people are so and i've been i've been a victim of this myself and i don't want to make it sound like i've never i've never done this like being being like like seeking the approval of others through phony likes on Instagram and like, right, like right. looking at relationships of other people and trying to compare. And it's like, I don't, I need to stop comparing and I need to start living and, and right. living my own thing. So like, what, are, what were you thinking? What headspace were you in when you wrote that? I think for me, it's like a lot. And like, 
I think this could be so true during this time of COVID because all we have is the internet to look at. Mm -hmm. And like, we're not really seeing people anymore. We just are seeing people through the internet. But I think that like, it makes me sad because I've always been someone who's been like, love each other, like be kind to each other, like, Mm -hmm. like have hope for your lives. Like, Mm -hmm. don't just like, oh, you know, today went to shit. So my life's going to be shit. Like, that's not the case. Like, I think for me, and I think it's a huge misconception about anxiety and depression and mental health entirely, but you don't just like get better. Like it's an active challenge every day to be better for yourself. Mm -hmm. And like, you have to actively practice that day in and day out. And I think for some people, the only way to do that is like to look at social media, to compare yourself, to like not actually live your life. And like, if I were to give anyone advice, like literally just go out and do you mm-hmm. like whether that be with someone else or with by yourself, like do you and be the best you can be because I've always been a very, very accepting person mm-hmm. and accepting of everyone. I mean, literally everyone. Like, be who you want to be and don't let other people like shun you because of what you believe in, what you look like, like how you talk, what have you. Yeah. And so I think coming from a place of like, we're literally just a generation of humans, like forgetting how to love each other. Mm. is like what it comes down to because you get so trapped in this like political environment or like this like you're you get so stressed with school or work or whatever that you kind of like lose yourself yeah oh no and I mean I've been someone who's like lost myself through a lot of other things like that I'm definitely not proud of but it's how you come up at the end of the day it's how you get up. And like, that's how I've always said, like, it's not like everyone says like, Oh, like this is, this is what you went through, but it's like Mm -hmm. how you react to things that people see. Mm -hmm. And so the way you voice your opinion, the way you, like, I feel like everyone has a story, just so many people like are not sharing it and are not. Yeah. Because they're so scared. Like be like, be proud of who you are. mm -hmm. Be proud of the person you are today because I know for damn sure you weren't the same person three years ago or five years ago. Like you've come very far, Mm -hmm. even if it's like the littlest steps, like you're still, you're growing every day. And so, yeah, I just, it, I think it makes me sad that we don't see a person anymore for who they are, just like what they look like and what they believe in. Yeah. How, like, so I think that's kind of where that came from a little bit and just hoping to shine some, like, love on people who are, like, feeling so low about Mm -hmm. how everyone's, like, reacting to them or what they believe right now. I feel like in today's day and age, um, and you kind of said it in a really good way, like, everyone has a story, but some people are just so afraid to share, afraid to to kind of just spread their wings and show who they really are. And like another thing from that expert excerpt is just like you said that we're a generation of humans who have forgotten to love. So I guess I almost want to ask you like, 
what do you think has changed about the word love since maybe our grandparents' generation and to now? Like the word love is so like subjective to some people, you know? Yes. So what do you think love was and what do you think like love is now? So I think before, that's a really great question. I think before it was, I mean, you see it like you see, not to say old people, but you see like old people and you see Mm -hmm. grandparents and you see how they treat each other. And it's not, and I'm most people, not Mm -hmm. everyone, but like, that's love. Like love is caring for somebody and like doing all you can for them because you love them. And whether that's you love a person or you love something, you're putting all of your passion and everything you have into this person. And I've always been someone that you don't have to love somebody. You don't have to love something. Like why, why go all in if like you're literally just going to go halfway? Mm -hmm. Like why, why run a race if you're only going to do half of it and then Mm. call it quits? Mm. It's like, no, like you want to like go all the way in. And I think now, and even like, I mean, growing up as an angsty teen, I Mm -hmm. used the word love in Mm -hmm. a way that just like, didn't like, it wasn't as important because it was, it just flows off your tongue now. And it's just like, Oh, I love you. Like, I love you. And you say it all the time. You say it for everything. And so I feel like it just, it makes me sad because we don't always see the meaning behind it and Mm -hmm. we don't always see the importance in like love itself. Oh yeah. And I, I just think like, it's been like, I don't know if it's different from then and now, because I think some people really do all they can to show love in a way that it was like it was before, but I think you see a lot less of it now. And it's not, it's not caring for each other and it's not being kind to one another. It's, Oh, I love you, dude. Like you're my, you're my bro. Like, thanks. Like, it's not like my sweet grandparents who like show each other this tender love and care. Yes. You can feel the love. I feel like back in the day you could really feel and resonate when you were around two people who truly loved each other, like you can generally feel it in the room. It. Like in it the sends, room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It like sends this electromagnetic wave around the room and you're like, damn, those two people love each other. And, and you made a point where it's like, now you can say, I love anything. Like I just the other day or today I was like, man, I, I love Snickers. Like I don't fucking like love Snickers. Like I right. like Snickers, but like, you know, like we say love to anything and everything that we like. So the term almost becomes watered down. And, yeah. And, and it sucks because the word love is one of the most powerful words in our vocabulary. It, yeah. it emulates so much feeling and caring and gratitude towards a a specific individual or a or a band or whatever it may be but now i just feel like in our culture today we 
we just overuse it. And some people just like, oh, she loves him. Yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, like you know, cool. yeah, like, like you don't even believe it half right, the time anymore. Right. You're literally like, oh my god, and like I've. <laughs> you see people where they're like, it's been a month. You guys are together and you love each other. Yeah. Okay. you like, you know, like, right. like, like it's things. just, it doesn't feel. And like, I know people like say sometimes like it doesn't matter the time, like it matters the connection. And I get that. And I understand that. And I understand that for some people that's legit. And like, that's your feeling. And I don't diminish that. But at the same time, like, like you said, it's just, it's a feeling that like you feel throughout the whole room. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like sometimes it gets like diminished and watered down because it's not, and especially like self-love, like Mm -hmm. that specifically like has been completely, I feel like if you're looking at it in a positive light, like a lot of influencers and a lot of YouTubers and celebrities really, really like demonstrate it well. But there's also a lot in this world that like doesn't. And you'll find that with everything. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like self-love is like not a term that people talk about often. And it should be because we should all feel it and believe in ourselves. When you see other people posting things about love and everything, I I feel like today a lot of people are like they go seeking that exact feeling from somebody else. And I feel like love is something that you generally just have to find. And as niche or as cliche as that sounds, it's like you have to make your own definition of love. Yes, before, exactly. Before you can let any influencer, any person, any anything tell you what the word means. Because exactly. when someone, someone asks you like what, like, what is love? It's like, I don't know. I, I, I haven't gone through that yet. I haven't found that yet. I'm still searching right. for it, you know? So- I just thought it was so interesting. And I, I got that question in my head as you were talking. I was like, I wonder what she would perceive that as. So like that, it's just true. We just live in a different culture, a different world. Now we have so we have back in the day, they didn't have access to people across the world. They didn't have access to celebrities. Like we have instantaneous, like second, we could check anything of everybody going on in the world, whether they're famous, not famous. I could look up what you're doing. You can look up what I'm doing. Like, cause it's just social media and social media is such a powerful thing when it's good, but when yes. it's bad, it could be really self harming because you're using yes. to just compare, compare and compare. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I was definitely the young, like, high schooler who would compare like no other like oh everyone's prettier than me everyone I everyone got homecoming core everyone's voted for this whatever and you pay attention to those little little things that when you look back at it I'm like I like I wouldn't even wanted to been homecoming queen like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have even wanted like those because every little thing that has made up my story and my life, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back because maybe I wouldn't be the person I am today because of those things. Exactly. And you said it, you literally just said something you said in your book in a paraphrased way. And it's the last one that I'm going to talk about. It was just true strength lies within the experiences that have built you. Like you literally (laughs) need all of those. Yes. Um, I, I honestly think that the journey is like 
honestly, sometimes most important part. And like people kind of take it with like a grain of salt sometimes like, oh, it's just a bad day. But like, like I said before, like, it's not going to be a bad year. Mm -hmm. Like, and also, like I said before, like you have to actively practice whether you have a mental health problem Mm -hmm. or not. And not to say problem, but whether you struggle with mental health or not, I mean, everyone right now is struggling with mental health because no one knows how to deal with this, but it's, you have to be better for yourself mm-hmm. day in, day out. You have to practice it every day. And like, I still have days where I'm like, nope, I'm not doing anything. No motivation, like not today. And like, it's okay to have those days. And I think that's what people don't understand about like happiness mm-hmm. is like to be happy. You need to show that you're happy all the time. Right. And that was something I was like, super obsessed with like I was Mm -hmm. always obsessed with happiness I was like I want to win happy-go-lucky I want I want to be the girl that's like smiling all of the time and I like it's so exhausting I fought myself and I fought Mm -hmm. myself and I was like why am I not that person why am I not that person but it's it's not that you're gonna be happy all the time you have sad days you have days where you don't want to do anything at all and that's normal but it's getting back up, practicing day and day again. You got this. You like, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And like having a support system or having someone who can tell you that is awesome. But if anyone doesn't have anyone that can tell them that, I am telling you that. Exactly. Go out there. Be yourself. Be the best person you can be. And like do it day and day again because yeah. it's important. I love that. I tr- I love that. And I love the book. And if you're listening and uh, you want to find the link uh, to any of her books, I'll have them attached in the description of the podcast. There's uh, Making Homes Out of Humans that you released uh, in, in 2017, uh, The Self-Love Club, which is the book that we highlighted today, and then as well as The Human Project, your most recent book. So now here's the question. Uh, are you working on something else? I am working on honestly a couple things. I have one thing kind of in the works. It's like completely secret. No one knows mm-hmm. about it. So sadly, I can't get. Oh no, no, any, you, don't to, you don't have to spill the tea. But, on the episode, okay. <laughs> but um, I am just like constantly writing, and I mean every like it'll happen where I'll get an idea and I'm like, wait, that's like my next book. Like that's my like next title. Yeah. Like I think it was one of my favorite artists, Chelsea Cutler, um, released, love that bitch, released (laughs) the um, human condition. Mm -hmm. I think, am am I saying it right? Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I was like, Oh, I like that. And so I mean, she has been the reason for like half of my books, half Mm -hmm. of my like writings because she is amazing, Mm -hmm. honestly, but the, like the human word, like really stuck with me. And I was like human. And I was like, what do I want to do with it? I want to talk about like different people, how they've affected my life. And I'm like, it's kind of like a project. And then one day I was like the human project. (laughs) <laughs> and I like, it, it like came to me. I was like, oh my God, I have to write it down. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. And then like everything comes together at that mm-hmm. point. Like 
what I want. And that's when it becomes exciting because I'm like, oh my God, I have so much to do. Mm-hmm. So I think like, like I had touched on before, everyone has a story, write it down, share it, do whatever you need to do to do that because it should be shared. I want people to feel like they can share their story without being judged. And I mean, it makes for all the better experience. If you share your story and kind of get it out there, it gives you a lot more confidence. I Mm -hmm. will say that, but yeah. Stories are meant to be shared. They're meant to be talked to with another person. You're meant to interact. And and that's kind of like why one, I'm doing this podcast and inviting people on is because I know people have ideas and I know people have experiences that they probably want to talk about and like getting to know you through those experiences and through your books is, is incredible. And uh, (laughs) you're like one of the few authors that I know. So I am like super in awestruck of you to be able to to write all this down and put your brain on a piece of paper and, and make it into uh, some incredible work. So I hope that you're proud of yourself and I hope that people around you are proud of you because I mean, it's, it's an incredible thing that you, that you already have three books and you're what, 23, 22, 23. Yeah. Like it's, it's something to pat your back, pat yourself on the back for. And I hope you do because truly it's a, it's an incredible thing what you're doing. Yes. And I appreciate that. I've learned to love myself. I've learned to appreciate and be proud of myself. So I definitely am proud. Oh, um, I, you can't, you can't, not many people can say they've published three books at 23. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like that's, you know, <laughs> Oh, you got it. No, that's it's, it's crazy. It's really is crazy. And, and I can't wait for the next one time and time after that. Um, I can't wait to have you back on the show in the future. Uh, and we can talk about whatever you're doing uh, at that moment in time. And thank you for being on the show. It was truly awesome. And I hope you enjoyed it. Of course. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Natalie Becker, find all her books on Amazon. The link is in the description as well as all her social media accounts. If you want to get in contact with her, something that you heard on the episode, uh, something that you want to ask her, uh, all that good stuff, you can find her there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you guys on the next episode of Colorful Convos. Peace out.